are on. Great. So I'm super excited to share with you this morning. I get to start you off, which is great. And my message is all about how do we keep um, our faith going for the long haul? How do we keep longevity in our faith? So I don't know about you, but I want to be this rockin' granny at like 99 that is still full of life, still in love with Jesus, right? But how do I do that? What's the difference between someone that I guess has a lifelong relationship with God and someone that maybe walks away when it gets a bit difficult? I don't know about you, but I want the kind of future where I'm still in love with Jesus at 99. Amen? So, um, in a letter that Paul writes to Timothy, at the end of his ministry, he writes this in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8. Paul writes, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now, I want to be confident like Paul in my last days, knowing that I've done, I've fulfilled the purposes God has for me, and I get that reward at the end of the race. Pretty awesome, hey? But how do we do that? So I believe there are three, I can't count, <laughs> three. Um, I didn't practice that part. Um, so <laughs> count. So three elements. How many elements? Three. Awesome. Three elements that kind of keeps our faith going, keeps us on for the long haul. And they all have something in common. And that is being honest. A bit scary, but it's going to be good. Stay with me. All right, so the first um, element is being honest with yourself. So if we are not aware and honest with how we feel, we can never truly get our needs met. So I'll say that again. If we are not aware and honest with how we feel, we cannot ever truly get our needs met. All right? So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Other versions say to guard your heart because everything flows from it. So how do we do that? Well, I want to give you a bit of a, I guess, a personal example. So for some of you who don't know me, I'm Claire. I'm an alcoholic. No, just kidding. Um, I'm Claire. Um, and <laughs> I'm all like a chocoholic. But yeah, so I'm Claire. And I lecture at TAFE. Um, and I teach in community services, but mainly mental health. That's what I'm really passionate about. And one of the things that I do as part of my job is that at the end of the qualification, the students have to go on what we call a placement. So it's 120 hours where they go work with clients and staff to get their industry experience and I go visit them. So it's really great because I get to see all these great organisations um, and it's great for the students. It's really rewarding because everything they've learnt sort of comes together. They end up being more confident and they really shine, which is great. But at the end of last year, we had a new placement and it's one we hadn't accessed before and it was really exciting for the student um, and it was Royal Perth Hospital. But as soon as I heard that name, something in me kind of went, oh, that hurt. There's a wound there. Um, and that's because I haven't um, been back or hadn't been back to that hospital since my brother died uh, over 10 years ago. So when I heard there was a student there and I knew I'd had to go, had to visit, um, I knew that there was a and I thought I have to put something in place um, in a healthy way because I thought this is going to be, could be quite a difficult emotional time for me. So, um, I, the old Claire would have brushed it off, would have kind of tuned out, numbed out, probably would have given myself a really fake toxic pep talk, like, you, you can do this, just turn your feelings off, get through it, keep going, push on, you can do it, don't fear, we got it, right? You know, we'll, we'll be fine. But the new Claire that God has been transforming me into... 
um, recognised that I actually had to be honest with how I was feeling and put some things in place in a healthy way so that it would be a better experience, I guess. So, what does it look like? So, being super practical, Royal Perth Hospital is in the middle of the city. I don't know about you, I hate driving in the city. No right turns, trying to find a car park, walking in the heat, you know, and when you've got makeup on, us girls, we know how that feels. Um, but I thought, that's just too stressful. So, to minimise stress, I got a taxi there. The other thing I did was I made a pact to myself to get there early, just in case, you know, I had a bit of an emotional reaction to seeing the place for the first time. Um, I also decided that I would sort of park my feelings for a second and focus on the student first. I had to promote professional image, I had to talk to staff, had to answer technical questions, and so I kind of got that out of the way first. Then afterwards I gave myself um, some time to process anything that came up with me, so I just waited. I sat on a chair in a sort of a waiting area and I just did that, I just waited. I waited in case any painful memories came up, I waited in case any tears came, um, but actually I found I was okay. Um, I was a bit sad, but I wasn't in distress. Um, and as much as I gave myself time to process any memories that come up for me, by God's grace, no distressing mes memories actually came to the surface. The other thing I did was I went to the gift shop and I bought a little Christmas decoration to sort of honour the grief, to honour the memory in a practical way and also to just acknowledge that milestone moment of coming back to this special place of grief. I waited till I felt ready and then I caught a taxi home. In the afternoon, I rested. I didn't put any hard things on myself. I just rested, chilled out because of the morning that I had. So I guarded my heart. I was vigilant about responding in a healthy way rather than go numb, tune out or be destructive, which the old Claire would have done. I was honest with how I felt and the process was so much better than I thought because I actually fully acknowledged how I was feeling and what was happening. So we need to be honest with God so we can keep running the race God has for us and get our needs met. We can always, um, you know, we're always going to come to challenges, but we can always put things in place to nurture and protect ourselves in those tough times if we're honest. So turn to the person behind you and say, be honest with yourself. <laughs> awesome. The poor tech team at the back who thought they were hiding are now longer hiding. Sorry, Joe. I'll buy you a coffee afterwards, Joe. All right. So the second aspect is we need to be honest with God, right? So the only way we can keep our faith going is to have an intimate, close relationship with him. But it doesn't happen overnight. We don't just suddenly require this great relationship. We need to keep working on it. And how we do that is by being honest with God and communicating to him on a daily basis. Now, the lovely Mitch and Sarah, for those of you who don't know, they serve on our worship team. They got married this Friday gone, and it was beautiful. I love me a good wedding. Um, it was sparkly. There was roses. It was just a beautiful event, right? Truly special event. But who knows that a strong marriage isn't actually built on the wedding alone, right? Can you imagine if a couple got married and it was this magical event, but then they just stopped talking to each other? Like complete silent treatment. The marriage wouldn't work, right? So for a marriage to actually work long term, there needs to be that continual communication, caring for each other, talking through issues, hopes, dreams, all the exciting stuff. You know, there needs to be that continued working on the relationship for it to grow and for the marriage to work. Sometimes I feel like Christians, we get stuck at the wedding part. 
So we kind of had this amazing experience with God and, and we experienced him the first time. Um, for those of you who have done that, you know, give your life to God, acknowledge that you need his help, you want to live for him and it's this precious moment that you remember. However, unless we continually keep communicating and talking with God, that relationship with God can't be sustained. It just, it just can't. So we need to commune with God on an ongoing basis. And part of that is coming to church, so you're all here, which is great. But the other part is that during your day-to-day life, to actually just communicate and acknowledge God. So I talk to God, and I'm pretty good at talking, as you can kind of see. So I, I bet God wish he doesn't have ears sometimes. Um, <laughs> It's true. Sorry, I'm ad-libbing too much. All right. So, so I talk to God at night, in the evening. I talk to him wake up. I talk to him on the way to work. If the day is going really horribly, I talk to God at work. Um, and I just talk to him all the time, right? I just chat to God. And, and how, how do I talk to God? I just chat. There's no special formula. I don't use magic words. Um, there's no great sentence. I just chat to him. So it actually breaks my heart when Christians say to me, oh, I can't pray. I'm not good at praying. I can't pray. I can't do that. I was like, but it's just talking to God. It's just communicating with him. It's not about getting a perfect sentence right, just about keeping talking to him. Now, there are a lot of examples in the Bible where God's people were completely honest with God. So Moses, amazing guy, part, helped part the Red Sea with the help of God. Um, but when God originally called Moses, Moses was like, oh, no, no, not me, God. I, ca- I can't do that. I'm a terrible speaker. I ca- you can't use me. I can't do it, right? When God told Abraham and Sarah, Sarah um, that they would be pregnant even in old age, Abraham laughed at God. He was like, oh, good one, God. No, that's sad living. But you know what I mean? He would have just laughed at God like, well, that's not going to happen. And we go to Psalms sometimes for encouragement and praise, but there are a lot of Psalms that are solely about being depressed, lonely, isolated and desolate. Like, why have you left me here to die, God? Those kind of Psalms. The point is, is that God's people in the Bible were completely honest about how they felt before their God and we need to be too. The beautiful, precious thing about God's grace is that he doesn't punish us or judge us for being honest with how we feel. He takes our fears, our failures, our anger, our frustration, our confusion, and he also likes our praise and gratitude as well. But the whole scope of human experience and emotion, he loves us and he is with us always. So will you let him be there for you? Will you spend time with him? Will you open up to him about how you feel? Being honest with, uh, you know, about our flaws. The scripture comes into that as well. When we read the Bible, we open up the word and the Holy Spirit might reveal something to us. You know, talking to God about that. That's the only way we transform over time and we develop that relationship with him. We need to be honest with God to continue to develop that intimacy with him. So turn to the person in front of you and say, be honest with God. Sorry, I wasn't looking at you for the people that sat in front. (laughs) Okay, last thing to land the plane is to be honest with God's people in God's house. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says, Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So this was written to the church because of how important it was for the church to be encouraged, to stick together, to be unified. Now, there's a reason why I specifically said God's people in God's house. 
we can have loved ones and friends and family that we truly love and that are dear to us, but the only true wisdom comes from God. So who better to carry God's wisdom into our lives than God's people? And when we commit to church and we come here every week, we do life with these people. We're in each other's lives, right? So who better to be honest with and share with than the people who actually want God's best for us? So we need to be honest. Growing in um, community it was always God's plan for us. So to summarise, we need to be honest with ourselves so we can truly get our needs met. We need to be honest with God so we can develop that intimate relationship with him. And we need to be honest within church community so that um, people can have their God's best for us. So let's stick together in Long Haul Church. Awesome. Over to Pastor Beck. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.